You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And yes, cutting through half-truths and lies and cutting through the clutter, misinformation, and distraction certainly is my specialty. Welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. In the House in CR's Northern Command, Thursday, July 20th. This weekend cannot come quickly enough. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm jaded. But you know what? I'm thankful that God has given me this platform, given me such a such an amazing, smart audience with conviction that's willing to help me spread the truth. That th- th- this is really what what motivates me every single day to come to work. You know, when all looks hopeless, when there's nobody speaking the truth, when both parties there's no political vehicle to do what we want to do, there is always hope if we actually pray to God, have good ideas and try to make them work. I left watching some of these other conservative hosts, conservative media figures, talking heads, all of a sudden realized, hey, the Republican Party stinks. Well, gee, you just figured that out. You've been spending the last six months talking about nonsense. While the most important issue that will determine whether we are free or prosperous people, healthcare, the most important and pivotal issue in the debt crisis and economic growth and the healthcare of America itself goes by the wayside. And they wonder why Republicans are like this, why it's so horrible. Well, gee, because there's no pressure from the Republican voters. Why is there no pressure from the Republican voters, at least until now? Maybe that's th- starting to change. But why is there no pressure? Because, as we noted in our last episode on, on, on Monday... You can't be outraged by something that you don't know, that you're unaware of. And if you're talking about Comey and Russia and CNN and the media is terrible all day, and meanwhile your own party is screwing you and you're not giving forth ideas as to what we can and should be doing, well, the audience is going to reflect that. But I believe that we can do better. I've always said the reason why I'm in some ways more jaded than the jaded crowd is not because I believe things are more hopeless than anyone. It's because precisely the opposite. I believe that things do not have to be this way. I believe that if we had a conservative media, we could influence Republicans to somewhat do the right thing. And more importantly, we could actually start a conservative party and that conservative party wouldn't just serve as conservatives. It could resonate with a broad array of Americans. If we're actually consistent intellectually honest, and had great ideas. And I'd like to discuss my ideas on the most important domestic policy issue of our time. I want to give a vision as to how we can move forward on health care, not just on Obamacare, but on the 50-, 70-year problem dating back way before Obamacare, dating back to the original government destruction 
of healthcare in America. But in a way that I think is more feasible politically, is easier to message, and will actually result in a better outcome than what we originally wanted to do, which is straight up full repeal of Obamacare. You know, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is the right to question and change the established way of doing things. It is the continuing revolution of the marketplace. It is the understanding that allows us to recognize shortcomings and seek solutions. It is the right to put forth an idea, scoffed at by the experts, and watch it catch fire among the people. It is the right to stick, to dream, to follow your dream, or to stick to your conscience, even if, even if you're the only one in a sea of doubters. This is how I start off my final chapter in, 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 uh, in Stolen Sovereignty. My book's still available at Amazon. This is how I start off my healthcare piece that I have in writing coming out today, giving a blueprint for my idea moving forward and what I'm trying to work on with some conservative members of Congress, the few outside conservative policy people that still care about important things. Too often, people in our movement become so jaded by running the same play up the middle that rather than seek new innovative ideas and break out of the paradigm, they change their ideology, they change their principles. And they start becoming liberals. Or just, you know, the, the left and the media, they're dirtbags, we should be dirtbags too. Rather than seeking new and innovative ideas to promote timeless, fixed, self-evident truths, they try to embrace Baal, embrace foreign pagan ideas, because they're dogmatically attached to the same failed paradigm. I've tried to offer this on so many things, on breaking outside of the Republican Party, breaking outside this conception of the judiciary, something totally different, something totally new. But it's not really new. It's really the way things should be. What we have now is an impasse. There's no way to break this logjam. Republicans are talking about everything except for uh, health care. Medicaid, this subsidy, that thing. At this point, nothing's happening. Obamacare is never going to be repealed. We don't have a party to do that. We just don't. It's a slow bleed humiliation. We're always operating within the confines of what the left believes. We take their system as granted. Oh, these two parties, nothing you can do about it. Oh, this is how the judiciary is. We live in a judicial oligarchy. Let's just make sure we get appoint better people to the judicial oligarchy. Oh, this is how healthcare has to be. It doesn't work like a regular market. It's a government insurance cartel um, venture socialist operation. Let's just try to um, have some convoluted thing to see if we could put the Republican stamp on it and make it work. It's not working. It's not working. But I believe, you know, following Reagan's idea to dream. I dream of a time when healthcare could work like anything else. For the most part, most aspects of healthcare. Not everything's going to work like iPhones, but a lot of aspects of it. Where the consumer is in charge, 
the consumer is king. Not subsidized by government, not in that way, but the king to go and pursue through the individual, through the family, through the community, whatever avenue of healthcare you want, and providers could provide whatever they want, and you could directly come to an agreement without any third party sponsored by government or directly orchestrated by government. I dream of a time when we could cut the entire government insurance cartel out of healthcare altogether and actually address health care and stop talking about medical insurance. Does it sound too audacious to dream of such a thing? I don't think so. I think I have an idea that in many ways is novel, in many ways it's really not so novel, and that's kind of the point that I think is very achievable, that is actually does this, is more than repeal of Obamacare, but it does it without repealing Obamacare. Now, wink and nod, obviously, by default, it's like Samson in the temple. It brings down the entire system on the government insurance cartel. And it allows us to evacuate from this entire system and establish a beachhead, finally, to land our forces of liberty in the healthcare sector and create a domino effect. That's what I want to discuss. I want to discuss how we could break out of even what we were doing before. We were trying to save medical insurance. And they won't let us. And the more I think about it, do we really want to save them? Do we really need to save them? Let's say we get rid of all the regulations and subsidies on insurance. Will it be lasting? No, because insurance, the way it's been conceived the last 70 years, they have a direct line to the lobbyists, which is a direct line to the politicians, and we are not a constitutional republic anymore. Again, I, I don't mind someone lobbying. I, I don't, you know, freedom of speech, say what you want, but government can't do that, so we follow the Constitution. But no, they always have the ability to blackmail and, you, you know, oh, we're going to raise prices if you don't further bail us out, subsidize, regulate out our competition. So we're always going to have these problems. They're always going to be gouging us because they are greedy. Now, greed as free market capitalists, we have no problem with that because consumers are also greedy. And that's how you reach a price equilibrium. But we don't have that here because there is no consumer. Because the government has basically run the insurance cartel like a public utility. It's a, it's a complete public utility. They regulate them to death so they can't uh, innovate. And then they subsidize them to death so that now there's no need to compete for consumer demand. And then, of course, there's no competition. If they don't want to be saved, here's my plan. Keep Medicaid expansion. Keep guaranteed issue community rating. Keep the subsidies. Now, bear with me. You'll see where I'm headed with this. Keep Obamacare. But I propose two changes that, that do not directly repeal Obamacare. And one is an existing loophole under statute that just needs to be expanded. 
Another one is a is very new, but it actually has, in theory and concept, bipartisan support. And if you channel it right and draft it right, mixed with the second idea, this could actually solve not just health insurance, but we don't need a health insurance the way it's been conceived. We could cut out the middlemen altogether and solve the entire problem. We've known for years, at least conservatives that understand the healthcare market, we've known why healthcare is screwed up. We've known who has screwed it up over the years, long before Obamacare. And we know what needs to happen to make it work. But we've always had this vicious cycle. How do you enact that? Because a bunch of things work together. It's kind of like, I can't land my forces on the beach because they're shooting at us from the cliffs, but I certainly can't direct, directly take the cliffs. We have to somehow establish a beachhead, but it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. No one could afford health care because it's completely distorted by the insurance cartel, which is sponsored by the government in many, many ways, through regs, through monopolies, through, most importantly, the original sin of health care, the employer, the $360 billion per year employer tax exemption for them to just overutilize health insurance as a product and make healthcare all about insurance so that now they could go and work in the background and literally serve as a racketeering agency and just extort the consumer and fix and set prices and distort and inflate the entire healthcare market together with the government. And Medicare, Medicaid, all of this destroys healthcare. So no one could afford healthcare. So they need to be subsidized or they need lavish private insurance which then further distorts it. Most, most people, now I say most, there, there's a lot of, I'm not talking to 40% of the country or so that is irrevocably in the free stuff crowd. I'm talking about people that just want a fair share. They want the ability to be able to afford health care and then beyond a certain amount, like any other product, like car insurance, like homeowners, have some sort of hedge risk pooling against catastrophic or greater, um, greater uh, liabilities. And most importantly, they want care, health care. We talk about how to pay for health care as if it is health care. Let's, let's talk about the most innovative health care system we could create. That's gone down the tubes. Now, grading with a curve, it's still better than the rest of the world, which is why I think you know it gives us goosebumps when we see Charlie Hart, Char Charlie Gard's family bringing the, you know at least they've been approved to bring the kid to America because the Europeans want him to die. That's the irony. Everyone you know everyone wants a Stalinist medicine. They're like oh look what Europe's doing, and they're coming here because more important than how to pay for it. Look you know they raised on GoFundMe, they raised a million dollars. That's the concept of private charity, private communities, shared beliefs helping each other. That's, that's what it takes a village really means. And they have the money, but there's no care. There's no care there. But we, we are rapidly approaching that point, and even where we have care, it's horrible. The doctor's offices are sterile. There's no doctor-patient relationship like there used to be back in the day. It's all because of the government insurance cartel, the third party, fourth party, fifth party getting in the way. How do we solve that? 
how do we get to a time where we could force a scenario where more or less people are paying out of pocket and then they have the rest as catastrophic, but even better, not that the catastrophic is coming from the insurance cartel, but the private sector. And I, I don't count insurance as private because it's government sponsored in so many ways. And that's where I have my two ideas that I think, you know, we're not going to repeal Medicare, Medicaid directly or even reform it in any way. I mean, even a baseline reduction. I mean, you're seeing how hard it is. You're seeing the buzzsaw. We can't even repeal Obamacare, much less the things before that. There are two things that I think are worth fighting for that when put together are so easy to message will destroy, utter destroy the venture socialism and foster a free market and a domino effect. And I think this is where we got to put all our capital. But before we jump into these two elements that I think are the glue to a true dream reform of healthcare and restoration of freedom, I, I want to discuss a broad concept here of the opportunity we have before us. In some ways, there's something good about Obamacare. There was always an ancillary benefit to it in that for many years, insurance, and what I mean by insurance is the way it has been conceived by the government-created cartel. Insurance has been a cancer on health care. But people were happy with it. Um, Medicare was great. Even though it was destroying healthcare, the quality, there's no innovation. It's missed the internet revolution. It's missed everything. The entire system is so sterile and clunky. Just the way we go about doing things, the way we approach medicine. It's been very little innovation from the ground up because there's no consumer. Government and the cartel just pay for it. But, you know, they were paying for it. So people were happy. They submitted their card. Most people got it from work. Even the few people, you know, when I got it individually, it was certainly much, much better, much cheaper than under Obamacare. And, you know, you submit your card. I paid more out of pocket than other people. But still, you know, they pay for it. So you don't care. And providers don't care. There's no market. But there was no demand to try to get people to go back to health care. Because they were so happy with it. Because people were happy with Medicare. But then came along Obamacare. And Obamacare was a cancer on the cancer. Obamacare burned down insurance. Now, when I say burned down insurance, I mean it burned it down for the consumer. And burned out a lot of the competition and a lot of insurers. But the remaining ones, are they're, they're feasting off of it. Record profits from the big five uh, insurance companies. Venture socialism is pretty good for them. But there's a lot of angst now. Now there's a market for people that are gradually looking to cut out the middleman, to cut out the cartel, to pay directly. But it's expensive because when everything's government run, well, I like to pay for that directly. Well, what does it cost? I don't know. That'll be $1,000 for a Band-Aid there. This is the opportunity we have when everyone is upset with health insurance. Rather than trying to save health insurance, let's destroy health insurance and save health care. 
And that's the plan I want to discuss here today. How we accommodate, and you know, let's stop talking about repealing Obamacare. It, they're not doing it, and and I'm not even surprised because look, I've known this for years. Some of us who have worked in this tried to knock off Mitch McConnell and some of these other guys in primaries. We knew the day Obamacare passed, they weren't repealing it. That's what the Republican Party is about. So it's not happening. So it's the same thing as conservatism. I'm conservative. The word has become meaningless. Repeal of Obamacare has become meaningless because they call Obamacare repeal of Obamacare. They call an Obamacare bailout repeal. So, you know, and, and then again, it's very partisan. It conjures up images. Oh, Obama, the Democrat, you know, so much opposition. Let's do a flanking maneuver. We're not going to repeal Obamacare. And frankly, we don't need to do it directly anyway. Here's what we should do. The first and main idea of my plan is really very simple. It's the Post Your Dang Prices Act. You know, everyone has their clever little names for their pieces of legislation. So this is very simple. Post your prices. If you're a hospital, outpatient clinic, doctor's office, pharmacy, you know, <clears throat> lab, any any healthcare vendor, post your prices. Now, I wouldn't make this an onerous mandate with, you know, very specific regulations of how you have to do it so it doesn't place a tremendous burden, especially because, you know, it is hard at this point because there is no consumer market. Um, It's hard to do. But I'd make it very broad and open. You could post whatever scheduling you like. You could have all different clever ways and scenarios. Just post it. Post it online. Everyone has a website. Post it online where everyone could see. Done. That's it. That is the glue of a market. That, that is the problem. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's the symptom of the problem. It's the result of the problem. But again, that is the way to set off a domino effect and cut out the insurance cartel, cut out the government. Let the games begin. Let the competition begin. You know, some people might, you know, post vague prices again, because under my man, I don't want to I don't want it to be an onerous mandate. So it might be kind of vague, but you know what? Then other people will not post vague prices. They'll post them very well, like our buddy Keith Smith of the Oklahoma Surgical Center, which, by the way, we're going to have him on, God willing, next week on our show. Um, and, and, and it works. And, and one other thing, just very important, the second half of this, of this first part, and we're going to get to the second provision of my plan, is that the bill then has to be directly mailed to the consumer. So you know the price, you, the consumer gets the bill, and then you could decide if you want to submit it to the insurance company or not. And then if you submit it, you can negotiate with them because now you're in the driver's seat. The consumer is in the driver's seat. There is no <clears throat> insurance cartel anymore. They're not there in the back room setting the prices. Now, again, until we kind of go through the domino effect, they'll still be, you know, it's not going to happen instantaneously. They'll still still be setting prices, but there will have to be consumer prices that are offered to out of pocket. And maybe we'll start off very high, but we'll know about it. It will be posted online and that will offer the opportunity to have choice and competition. Because as it stands now, it's a cartel. You walk in there, oh, you don't have insurance? Okay, that will be a trillion dollars for a Band-Aid. <clears throat> You know, and, and, and that's what it is with hospitals. You know, this is why they're able to take, you know, a cancer drug that, that you know, chemo that costs them $12,000 and say, hey, that will be $60,000 because 
They'll get that from an insurance company. You come in, maybe they'll say, pay $80,000. Because no one knows. They think, oh my gosh, this is really scary stuff. And again, a lot of this stuff, you know, there are some very novel, you know, revolutionary uh, uh, medical procedures and technology. There are things that, you know, they deal with life-threatening illnesses, but they're not, they're no longer that novel. And they're really not that expensive. They're relatively expensive, but they're not crushingly expensive. Um, And they just make it so. But you would have to post your price. The other, again, and the other component would be that particularly hospitals, when the bulk of, of your income comes from government, when it's Medicare, Medicaid, you have to post publicly what you are getting for Medicare and Medicaid. What are you getting for an MRI covered under, under Med- Medicare? What are you getting for this cancer drug for chemotherapy under Medicare? Now, I'm not going to mandate that you charge the consumer in the out-of-pocket price that you post online the same thing. Just so we know, because by the way, we should have that should be public knowledge anyway. That should totally be public knowledge. I don't know if I have time to get into everything, but this is a domino effect that will really solve almost every problem. It will take the third party payer out. Now, I understand that this wouldn't work as effectively pre Obamacare because when everyone was kind of happy with insurance and um, there really wasn't a market for direct primary care. But there is a growing market for it. There's a lot of doctors and a lot of patients that are kind of on the fence. They know this is unaffordable. They know this is unsustainable. It really hurts. Um, but, you know, it's anything new is very scary. And, oh, I'm so scared. How do I go without insurance? Oh, my gosh, I need my insurance. Um, or for a doctor, oh, my gosh, am I really going to make that leap of faith, uh, you know, and, and get rid of insurance? But this will push them over. All you got to do is post your prices. And that will gradually <clears throat> box out insurance because <clears> – I'm sorry. Fi- um, picture a doctor's office where, I mean, their entire day is spent on, on fighting with insurance in the government. That's all it is. Their energy. They don't enjoy what they do anymore. So it not only raises the cost, the overhead administrative cost, it could be 30% of the revenue, tremendous. I mean, even, even a small doctor's office, you go in there and you see um, two, three women behind a counter, you know, yell, yelping about insurance all day, and uh, you get rid of that. And also the medical billing industry, <laughs> watch that go under, but that's fine. You know, it's like saying, you know, government's going to go kill people, and then they hire funeral homes and grave diggers to deal with it, so now you're going to put the funeral homes and grave diggers out of business. I mean, good. I mean, nothing personal to anyone who earns an honest living, that's fine, but I mean, if it's not needed, it's not needed. And that's my point. You can't take away insurance. You can't take away Medicare. You can't take away Medicaid. It's never going to happen. You can't even reform it 1%. But, but this is the easiest way of doing it. Who could argue with post-your-dang prices? There's Democrat legislation doing this. Again, I can't put my stamp of approval on it yet. I have to look at some of the details. Some of it's a little bit too statist for me, the way they do it. But you want to talk about bipartisanship? This is the way to do it. Post your prices. Bill the consumer directly. It works like like car insurance now. Car, you know, car auto repairs are expensive, but you know they're generally not crushing because you do have market forces. You could shop around. I, you know. Body work is always very expensive. You get like, you know, even a small dent in your car. 
you go to a place, well, you, you shop around. So you know what you're paying. You know what the prices are. You could shop around a little bit. And then you get the bill. There's no racketeering behind closed doors where, I mean, literally these people should be thrown in jail. I mean, any other industry, we throw them in jail. It's amazing. Healthcare and health insurance is more regulated than anything else. But then the few bare bone basic regulations that are needed for anything to sustain a free market, price transparency, collusion, racketeering, you know, antitrust stuff, that somehow we never enforce. <clears throat> that, that, that's what's just so amazing about this. Oh, here's your EOB. <clears throat> you would have paid a million dollars. We're nice enough to give you this discount. Now you only have to pay this. You better keep your insurance. You, we wouldn't want you to be paying a million dollars, would we? I mean, it's highway robbery. It, it's just it's just complete nonsense. So here, you're in the driver's seat. You have the prices now. And again, this is going to set off a fight. Insurance will now have to innovate and offer you something that 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 works. Because the consumer will be put on the map. You need lighter fluid. You need some domino to drop. And I'm, I just, I feel that we have energy, we have kinetic energy, um, p- potential energy, I'm sorry, that could work here. And you could convert it to kinetic energy. And I think this is what's needed. Of course, of course, of course, in a perfect world, I wouldn't like to have any mandate. But this is spitting in an ocean. What's the alternative? Every, you know, people are like, Daniel, I don't like it. I at least do it on a state level. I'd rather do it at a state level. But you know what? It's not happening. Instead, what are we going to do? Price fix and own every aspect of healthcare? And again, I'm doing a mandate in order to resolve a problem that's the result of all the other mandates, distortions, regs, and subsidies, government run healthcare, government run insurance cartel. So, you know, don't all of a sudden get religious with me on, oh, that's a government intervention. I mean, gee, you know, this is 1% of, of what everyone else is trying to propose. <laughs> you know, the next thing they're going to be working on is the ultimate bailout for, for the insurance cartel. So this is how to pull the rug out from under them. Keep your Medicaid expansion. Keep your regs and subsidies. We're not going to touch it. You don't want to repeal Obamacare. That, that, that's, that's totally fine. Totally fine. I mean, again... We wanted to repeal it, but it's not happening. So rather than bang our heads against the wall, let's say, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to post your prices. And look, Ohio, maybe some other states, I mean, I I haven't fully explored this. Um, Some other states might have done this, but Ohio tried to do this. Um, Representative uh, Jim Butler from, uh, I believe, near the Dayton area in Ohio. And if we have any Ohio listeners, let me know. And um, I have an email into him, by the way, just discussing some of this. I'm, I'm, you know, and again, you know, when I propose something, I'm just not trying to blow hot, hot air to get people to listen to me. I'm actually trying to do everything as just, just a one man show to, you know, try to influence the, the, the debate and reach out to people involved. Uh, but anyway, Ohio did this, and it passed unanimously. But John Kasich, who is in bed with the hospital industry. The American Hospital Association, or whatever the Ohio version of it, he was just inducted into their Hall of Fame. He's the big whore for Medicaid. So he ensured that it was never implemented because the insurance commissioner, he had his insurance commissioner refuse to write the regulation. And then the insurance company was like, uh, the hospitals were saying, this is untenable. We don't even know what to do. So then they 
you know, had a lawsuit because you're violating our due process. You're going to punish us for something we don't know. Um, and then, you know, there's now a injunction against it or a maybe temporary stay, whatever, um, pending uh, an August hearing. It was supposed to be implemented January of this year. And um, but yeah, gee, why, why don't they know what to do? Because Kasich refused to execute, faithfully execute the law. But the point is, you see from there how visceral the cartel was. They know that this will destroy their, their, their racket. You show your work. Might not happen overnight. But you know what? Then you're going to start having websites like you have for so many other things that aggregate this and, and create databases. And you could search all different things, all different pharmacies and all different labs and all different um, hospitals. And, all the, and you could actually search for it prospectively. That's the thing, you know, because a lot of people are telling, well, Daniel, there are no real prices. You really need the consumer market first before you do the pricing because the prices are BS. You're right. The prices are BS, but you're going to have to write something on your website. And that once you give us that, that, that kind of gives us our foot in the door. And then you have their competition. It's a lot different doing it prospectively, armed with it to negotiate than when you walk in the door. Oh, man, I, I need this treatment. I need... You know, uh, I need a um, appendix taken out. I need. I mean, you know, man, uh, this is really bad. Um, how how much is it going to be? Oh, that's that that's fifty thousand dollars for for that operation. No, you post it directly. And and again, this is a domino effect. It will naturally doctors will stop taking insurance and Medicaid. Something we can never get, you know, get away with through the front door. But this will be the effect of it. Um, because, you know, maybe they're going to get less money than they get from the insurance cartel, which has, uh, you know, um, unlimited resources backed by the boot of the government through mandate subsidies and regs and no competition. So they might get sometimes less you know, reimbursements, but then, you know what, they cut out all that overhead. And, um, you know, our buddies at the AAPS, American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, that push direct primary care, they have a lot of member doctors that have beautiful stories um, I'm going to link to it in the show notes here. Um, let me just make a mental note to, uh, to 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 drop to drop this in. Some just great videos of some doctors that talk about how they make house visits now, how they spend more time with the patients, they enjoy what they're doing. There's more incentive for them to work, and that's the ultimate goal. It's health care, not how you pay for it, and certainly the insurance cartel way of paying for it. Let's talk about that after. That's secondary. We don't want to destroy the care, and that's what's happening, even though we're still a lot better than Europe, and that's why you know, the Guard family is coming here from Britain because you know, they don't want to deal with the death panel there and the courts. But it, it's going downhill rapidly. We have a major problem on the supply side of medicine. Just the incentive for people to get involved in medicine anymore. You know, we lost our pe- – that's what people forget. People talk about the price inflation. That, that's a huge problem, and we're talking about that as well. But there's also the other problem, which is which is more foundational of what Obamacare did, and, and really this was happening before Obamacare. It's just it's pushing doctors, pushing talent out. We lost our pediatrician. He was in his 60s. He probably had another five years on him. After Obamacare, he was like, I'm done with this. People forget about that, the paperwork, the coding. Because you have to get reimbursed by the insurers and the, and the government. The coding is insane. Some of you, I know we got a lot of doctors in the, in the, in the um, audience here. You know, send me your stories on this. 
I, I always love to hear about it. You, you just cut it out. Pay me this money for this procedure, and you could charge less. And you could have competition. Other people have all sorts of innovative ways of doing it. You see the innovation even without it being universal, even just the few people creating an oasis of innovation of free market like the Oklahoma Surgical Center, some other places, you know, what they're able to do, what they're able to accomplish, you know, bringing down some knee and hip surgeries from $100,000 to $10,000. And that makes a big difference. You know, even for people, that's too much. But, you know, you, you could raise the money, you could borrow the money, you could get from families, you could, you, you, you could make it work. $100,000, you can't make work. You know, and that's the thing, and you further bring down the price by paying out of pocket. This is the beauty of this idea. So I don't want to hear from some people, well, Daniel, uh, I don't like uh, promoting me. I mean, give me a break. We force, we regulate every, the scope of practice of how any doctor, you know, takes a dump. So to just merely say, post your prices, you could do what you want. You could do it any way you want. You could offer any service you want. You could not, that's all, that's my system. Just one thing, just post your prices online. We ask McDonald to show their nutritional facts and everything. I mean, this is, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, I know there's certain libertarians out there that will just jump on me like, okay, so what are we going to have? Single payer? Insurance cartel? I mean, what's, what's your other idea? We're not repealing Medicare, Medicaid, and the insurance cartel through the front door. It's not happening. And this is the way to push it. And by the way, it will obviate the need for Medicare Part B, which is nonsense. There's one thing, Medicare Part A, the hospitalization, the big costs, whatever, which in itself are overinflated. But, but outpatient and doctors, really? Pet a pocket with your HSAs. And, and, and again, if everyone's doing this, the prices will be much, much cheaper. And right now, you know, a lot of people are like, look, I can't afford it, and rightfully so. But that's half of the equation. That's half of the equation. I'm going to get to the half of why I have a plan that's even better than repealing Obamacare. So you're going to ask the next logical question, which is, okay, Daniel, this is all good and great. Pay out of pocket, direct patient-consumer relationship, uh, doctor-consumer relationship, um, cut out the government, cut out the middlemen, cut out the regs, the dictating what services, dictating the price of the services, the paperwork, the headache. You have the innovation delivery that's beautiful. But don't you still need a concept of insurance? So yes, insurance you know, won't run like um, a direct primary payment, which we have now, which has destroyed healthcare, but don't we still need catastrophic? Right, because you know, above a certain amount, you know, we, we can't, uh, can't, can't pay for it on your own, no matter what, even if you dramatically bring down the prices and have a market. So this is what I'd never thought about until recently. And I think a lot of other conservatives haven't thought about it either. This is why we were obsessed exclusively with you got to repeal Obamacare because the insurance cartel and Obamacare was holding this this innovation hostage because you could only do direct primary care if you if you're you know you have the safety net of oh okay so you know I got catastrophic I'm done now everything else I'll pay out of pocket but you can only do that if you get catastrophic and then obamacare ensured that there's no such thing as catastrophic anymore because now catastrophic insurance costs more than even the you know luxury market distorting primary care payment um system cost before obamacare you know the the $13,000 deductible I'm paying is for $15,000 a year whereas before 
you know, for a $5,000 deductible, you can get for a family plan, you know, let's say 5,000 a year. So part, again, part of it, this is my point, that because of the pain, people are receptive to change now. So don't we need insurance? The answer is no. We do not need insurance. You need some ability to pull together resources. But do you need insurance in the way we currently look at it? In the way it's given over by the cartel and their monopoly? Absolutely not. And this is not some radical idea that we'd have to invent and wait for the market to invent. It exists under current law and practice, and it exists even under Obamacare, Section 5000B of Obamacare, Health Sharing Ministries. Now, some of you might be like laughing at me because I know some of you are on these ministries. And you're like, duh, Daniel, you know, welcome to the world. We've been doing this the last three years. We've been saved from Obamacare, and it's great. Um, part of the problem is I'm, you know, because I'm not an evangelical Christian, I didn't think I was eligible, and I never really looked into it that well. And then I realized there are one or two that are open to, um, you know, all people of faith that that believe in the God of the Bible. And, um, you know, that's when I looked into it. I was like, holy heck, most people are really satisfied. Where it's not insurance. It's not third-party payment. It's you get together as a community of like-minded people with like-minded values, like-minded interests, and you share. Hell sharing. You share your costs. So that's how you hedge against risk in an actually solvent way, kind of like insurance. But there's it's not for profit. It's it's there's no greed, there's no government cartel. And again, don't get me wrong, I don't mind private sector greed when it's divorced from government, but insurance is invariably connected to government the way it's conceived. You completely evacuate from the system. So they offer and and, and again, this is even under Obamacare. They were exempt from the individual mandate. They're exempt from guaranteed issue community rating, all this stuff. You could do what you want. And a lot of plans for families are, you know, instead of $1,200 a month, like what I'm paying in premiums for for uh, the cartel, it's four, like, you know, again, you know, it ranges. I'm just going off of some of them, $450 a month for a $1,500 deductible instead of $13,000. And they don't cover everything. Um, you know, a little light on prescription jug- drugs and things like that, depending on which one you go with. But But it covers a lot after that. And then certainly the catastrophic. So it's actually catastrophic plus more and much, much cheaper. And folks, this is just an oasis, a beleaguered 500,000 people that got a carve out for religious exemption under Obamacare. Imagine how much it would be able to solve if everything was this, if the whole country had their own. So forget about ministries, you know, secular, religious, whatever you want, call it a health sharing association where communities based on maybe geographical proximity, based on maybe profession, based on any association that you feel you want to bind together, imagine how, how much you'd be able to do with 300 million people on this. And, 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 and associations that are millions and hundreds of thousands, you know, some of these health sharing ministries are only like 30, 40,000 people. So again, there's a limit to how much they can do, and that's why it's mainly only for people that, that don't have chronic illnesses. But they'd be able to really rope in a lot more people, a lot more illnesses, if you if that was the model. If you didn't have the government using every level to tilt the playing field towards the insurance cartel. Who says you need insurance, even for catastrophic? You don't. The health sharing ministries, even with 
even without the price transparency. By the way, this is my second reform. This is working off of that the bills of medical care, forget about insurance, health care itself is going to be so much cheaper. With health care itself being so much cheaper, then you just have health sharing associations where instead of setting prices in third-party payer, it's really two, you know, maybe two and a half party. It's you're just pulling together to share the medical bills directly and pay the bills. And under my tri- price transparency regime, it will be much cheaper, much, much cheaper. And again, there would be so many more resources. It could solve most of the pre-existing problem and everything. And the and the remaining amount there is, it's so much easier to deal with it because now the government that's spending $1.6 trillion between combined federal and state programs with so few, so much fewer resources, you could directly target the chronically ill who need it and pay for the medical bills directly instead of lining the pockets of insurance companies. That's the beauty of it. I, again, call it my ignorance. You guys might have realized this uh, all the time. I always thought that, men, we need insurance. You know, we, the problem is insurance doesn't act like it should. But we still need the concept of insurance. We need to deal with United Health and Cigna and these clowns. We need an anthem and whatever. We need to deal with them. And but but this is the problem. How do you get them to behave in a way they don't want to behave? They don't want to repeal this. They want to be run this way. Even if we successfully repeal Obamacare, repeal the regs, they're always it's never gonna work like a market because that incestuous relationship between the politicians, the lobbyists, and the cartel is like gay sex. I mean, and they probably have a lot of that going on too. Um, you know, I mean, it's just like you're ne- you're never going to separate them. So even if temporarily repealed the regs and subsidies, they they could always get away with jacking up the prices because they'll threaten the pop the government and say, "Hey, do you want us to raise premiums? You better give us the bailout, the subsidies, the box out competition, and all the." You know, interventions. They're always going to ask government to intervene just because they can, because we do not operate like a constitutional republic. That's the problem. And the proof of that is just today it was announced, just today, that Trump is giving the illegal cost sharing subsidies outside of appropriations. When we promised we wouldn't do it, the court sided with us and said they're illegal. He's giving it to the insurers while they are making record profits. They always get what they want. I don't mind greed. You, you know, if you want to, if you're an auto, you know, repair shop and you want to charge a thousand dollars to do an oil change, knock yourself out. But the market wouldn't let you get away with that. The market will always let the, the cartel get away with it because there is no market because the government is their market. And even if temporarily, statutorily, we 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 sever that by repealing Obamacare. I mean, first of all, it's not totally severed. You have all the pre-existing Obamacare stuff. Um but then, you know, they're always going to threaten. They're always going to be in with them and, and demand new legislation. This way you have, you know, Hillary Clinton says it takes a village. This is truly what it means, the civil society taking care of itself. And it works, meaning you, you, some people are like, come on, Daniel, that's not going to work. You're like, the health sharing ministries are there. So all I, all, my piece of legislation, we, we, we tell the Democrats, look, work with us. We're, we'll work with you. Pearl Mutter, whatever, this congressman from Colorado, he has a price transparency bill. Again, I don't know if, exa- if it's exactly the way I would write it, but it's it's something to work with. And number two, and, and here's the beauty of the messaging. See, 
we're not trying to get a religious exemption. That's already in there. That's that's written into Obamacare because that was a concession that they had to make in order to get Obamacare passed. So that's already on the books. We're going to say, hey, Democrats, it's not fair that those evil Christians get it. Why shouldn't everyone get it? You know, what I would tell the Democrats is this. Nancy Pelosi had a beautiful statement that I totally agree with. Now, hear me out a minute, <laughs> um, where she said, it's so unfair that people that want to pursue their passions like artists and musicians, you know, that that they don't get health care from their um, and health insurance from their company. They can't, they, you know, they have to be attached to do stupid work they don't want to do um, all because of this. She's exactly right. Except, you know why it's like that? Because of you and your gutter ideology, because of statism that tethered insurance to employment and that tethered insurance to health care. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. We should say artists should pursue their passion. So you, you should be able to have a health association of all sorts of people. Artists, make your own. Greenies, make your own. Whatever you want. Like-minded people that we're only going to share in health you know, care bills of people that we like, that have solar panels on their roof. Lovely. Make whatever condition you want. Unregulated. That's the beauty of it. You could do, offer whatever you want. You accept whatever you want. And it's of the people, by the people, for the people. This is true governance. The, the, mo- the most basic unit of government beyond the individual and family, uh, like a homeowner's association, a healthcare association, your community. You get together, and that's what you do. And you vote as a membership what you're going to do, and you elect a board, and it's, it's beautiful. That, that's, what, that's what popular sovereignty is. That's what governance by the consent of the government is. You're all helping each other. So there's no motive for greed. There's no motive to distort the market. There's no third-party pay right all, even for catastrophic. Think about it, how much better this is. Even under our plan to repeal Obamacare, you would still need the cartel to cooperate with you on, on catastrophic. And like I'm telling you, they there's reason to believe they won't. Um, now, maybe you could force them in a certain way. But even if they do, it still distorts the market for anything above a certain amount. It might not distort the market for Band-Aids, but you know, on, on hip replacements and things like that, they're still going to set the prices. This is a way of, of, of running around the entire cartel. It's much more conservative than just repealing Obamacare. And, and the messaging is not about Obama. It's not partisan. Allow it communities to help each other and share bills and post your prices they work those two reforms if you see how they work so beautifully together it's all direct payment it cuts out the entire problem i know i have a list of 20 ideas that i originally posted but these two ideas solve all of this most of it and then the remaining ancillary things like the certificate of need and the scope of practice a lot of the regulations on the supply side be once you have a functioning market there would be a more of a political consumer demand outcry to solve those problems and get rid of those regulations medical malpractice is a big deal but once the consumer is in charge and you cut out the third party payer you have price transparency guess what a lot of the benefit, but a lot of the onus and the responsibility as well will be on the consumer. So if a doctor says, look, you know, I, I think you might want to, you know, the doctor wants to be a little bit defensive, defensive medicine. You might want to run an MRI for this, um, see if there's anything going on. And like, well, how much is it? Well, it's $200. You know, eh, you know I'm not going to do it. And then if there is something, you can't sue him for it. That was your decision. Whereas now there is no decision. Government insurance pay for it. They just reflexively pay for everything. 
So doctors are like, what the heck? I got to save myself from lawsuits. I'll just run up the tab. I mean, it's one big gouging machine. It's got to function like a market. But I've been struggling for years how to do that without rolling back Medicare, Medicaid, and the insurance cartel and all the regs and subsidies first. And I think these two reforms is how you do it. And just by the way, just um, a couple of more, uh, a couple more, just just pointers here. Um, you level the playing field. Like I said, why should insurance proper the way we understand it from the cartel? Why should they have a monopoly on on this concept? Why should their product be favored by the tax system with the employer based? Why should they have certainly the mandate? Why should they have any of this? Why? So I would make it that HSAs could cover the health sharing premiums, whatever they don't, they call them sharing, not premiums. It's the same idea. What you pay to health sharing associations and your employer could get, now look, again, ideally the government shouldn't be involved in any of this. We shouldn't have any of this. We should repeal the $360 billion healthcare tax exclusion and remit it back in the form of a cross the board business tax cut. Take your full salary, stop the market distortion. But again, that's, the holy rail, the third rail. I mean, what, what are we going to do with that? So the next best thing to do is at least level the playing field. If you're going to give the tax exemption for insurance, give it for health sharing as well. Then employers could say, I'll dump this amount of money into your health sharing. I am telling you, if we fight for these two things, we no longer have to talk about Obamacare. And, oh, we're boxing, we're, you, you're taking away, you're allowing insurance companies to discriminate. You know, all the demagoguery. No, they can do whatever they want now, but allow this amount of freedom. Now, look, the insurance companies, the cartel, they'll they'll scream their heads off. They'll see exactly the play down the field that I'm trying to make, um, and they'll know exactly that we, that this through the back door it will make Obamacare moot. It will make their entire cartel moot. It will make the employer-based moot. It will make Medicaid moot. Um, but the reality is the messaging is is so much easier than what we're doing. It's so much new. It's fresher. We need, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of conservatives are making fun of the Republicans now are talking about like, oh, we'll, we'll hold hearings on health care now. Like, yeah, you ran on holding hearings instead of repealing Obamacare. But in, in some ways, they're right. I actually want to hold hearings. Now, what they're going to do is hold hearings on uh, how to bail out the cartel and bail out Obamacare. But I think we should have bipartisan hearings on health care. How do we fix health care? Bring in people that have done direct primary care. Bring in the people that have run the health sharing ministries and say, let's do these ideas. Let's shake on it, Democrats. Do you really care about the little guy? Do you really care about the consumer? Do you really hate big business the way you say you do? Then why is the big business all of a sudden great when the government props it up? This will solve the problem to the extent you could ever solve a problem. Again, when we talk about solving problems, we don't mean utopia. We mean minimizing and isolating the problem, creating the best array of freedom, prosperity, choices, innovation for the broadest array of people. And the rest, again, the only way to help the sick people is by making a free market for everyone else and making it cheap on everyone else. And therefore, if you're then going to go and have government subsidization for the chronically ill, which we pretty much do anyway through all the myriad of programs, the remaining amount that you say slip through the cracks, just open up an escrow and 
pay their bills directly, put it in there, and the bills will now be cheaper because you're not having a Medicare, Medicaid, and private, so-called private insurance cartel telling you that something that's $1,000 is $10,000, something that's $10,000 is $100,000, and something that's $100,000 is a million dollars. And it's up and up and up and up and unsustainable. This is the way to solve the problem. We just need men and women who are willing to think outside the paradigm. Sometimes the more conservative, more category, and it's not even conservative. I hope some of you out there aren't even conservatives. I, I, I would ask you if there's anything I'm saying that you object to, even if you're a liberal. Why should any of this be problematic if you're a liberal? This should work for everyone. Sometimes that is the best thing to message, the easiest thing to message. Anyway, this is probably, oh my gosh, we're probably running an hour almost uh, here. Um, gotta run. You know, I don't want to be like Ted Cruz speaking for 25 hours on this. This is this is such a cleaner way rather than talking about the Cruz Amendment and insurance could do this but not that within this pool and not that pool. I mean, it's so convoluted. People don't understand it. It opens us up to so much demagoguery. We're not getting it anyway. It's Even if we would get it, it would marginally, temporarily, you know, reduce prices very little, not significantly, and certainly wouldn't permanently make it work like a market, and most importantly, save the quality of healthcare and spawn innovation like we see with Amazon and Walmart and Southwest Airlines and Uber and, you know, anything else you're seeing now. Oh, and by the way, before I run out of steam and lose my voice, you got to remember, please sign up for CRTV. That is the only source on TV of news, politics, commentary that actually does things like this, looks outside of the paradigm, breaks outside of the typical Russia Comey nonsense, 89 bucks a year. You get content from Levin and others, Steve Dace. If you actually want to see my face, that's that's how you see it. You see me on Steve Dace's show, but you're not going to get Steve Dace if you do not subscribe to CRTV, 89 bucks a year, promo code Horowitz, H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z, get 10 bucks off. Also, support Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithcr.com, preparewithcr.com, and get your 140 meals for just 99 bucks. Thank you for indulging me in this long, long podcast. Please let me know your feedback. Please, let, let's let's work together in the next couple of weeks on how we make this a reality, how we push forward. May God bless our efforts together. May God bless this country. Thank you all for listening.